You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to In Conversation. And tonight, my guest is a young man who sadly didn't really achieve in football what he wanted to achieve. But I got to know him down at Yeovil Town when he came down to Yeovil on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. And his name is Danny Hutchins. Hello, Danny. Hello, Eddie. You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I just noticed, too, you were born on the same day as my wife. Well, not the same year, but the same day. So, um, 23rd of September? Yeah. There you go, great, see, you, it's a funny old world, isn't it, eh? So yeah. listen, you, you know, you, you, you've played football. Um, sadly, it didn't, it didn't go quite the way you wanted it, but, but let's talk about it from the point of view of when did you first, you know, what's your first memory of playing football? How, how, long, how long ago was that and, and who, did you, who did you play for? Just, you know, you, when you're five, six, seven, eight, whatever age you started at. Yeah, um, well, I think I started before probably around six or seven. Right. Um, just playing for the local, my local Sunday side. I was, I was brought up in West London. Yeah. A place called Norfolk. Yeah. Um, and I was always playing up an age group when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I got spotted, I was eight years old, I got spotted at, by a bloke called Mickey Hazard. Mm-hmm. You probably know him, the old Spurs guy. Yeah, it rings a um, bell. It certainly rings yeah. a bell. Yes, he, uh, he took me to a soccer school right. in Tottenham. I think I'd, I had a couple of months there, and then they invited me to sort of like the, uh, I think it was a centre of excellence it was called back then. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then I signed, I first signed for Tottenham as an, an eight-year-old, so I must have been under nine. Right, right. Um, went all the way through, I was there for 11 years. I was there for from the age of eight till 19. So at that point, did you did you realise the enormity of it? The fact that you, as an eight year old, were signing for the great Tottenham Hotspur side? Uh, no, you don't. I don't think you do realise at this time. I, I was a massive Chelsea fan as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, so I, I did actually. I had a few trials at Chelsea and Arsenal, and it never worked out, and ended up going to Tottenham. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a journey from where, where I was living in West London. I, I was always travelling. <laughs> from excuse me, West London to North London for training. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't realise until you're a bit older. You're just having fun when you're a kid, don't you? You don't oh, actually realise. Yeah, yeah. Sort of where you are at the time. And well, I suppose mum and dad had to do all the transporting, did they? That's it. Yeah, and 
it's it, you only I only realise now when you look back then the amount of the time and effort they had, they had to put in just to take me training. Yeah. They were missing work. They were finishing work early and yeah. picking up from school, taking me to the other side of London to get to training in the evenings. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. You, that's something you don't realise until until now, until you're a bit older. Yeah. What they used to sort of, how they helped. I suppose they had a hangabout whilst you were doing the training because they wouldn't go home and then come back again. No, that's it. They, the parents were always there watching, so you yeah. train for an hour and a half. So where was where uh, was home then, Mickey, uh, uh, Danny? Um, you, you say Northolt. I mean, what well, actually in Northolt? Because I went to school near Northolt. I went to school in Ryslip. Oh, did you? Yeah. So mm. I was I was born in Ealing. I was uh, yeah. brought up in Northolt. Well, I was I was so I, I was born in Ealing as well. Oh, was that? Yeah, King Edward the Seventh Hospital, world. no less. Yeah, small world. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah. Born in Ealing, uh, grew up in Northolt, went to Northolt High School, and then my parents moved out. I was in year nine, so I think I was about 14, 13, 14. I can't remember what age you are then, but it was 2006 mm. or 2005, something like that. But they moved out to, to Leighton Buzzard. Right. Uh, they just wanted to get out of London. It was getting a bit, uh, <clears throat> it was going the, the wrong way, London. Yeah. So they got out the right time. We went out into the sticks, out into Leighton Buzzard. That's a sort of start a new school, make some new friends and Yeah. And it went from there. So I have done half half my school life like in Northolt and the rest of it in, in Leighton Buzzard. Mm-hmm. Where you went to the Van Dyke Upper School, I see. That's it, yeah. Yeah, and it's all a bit different. Like the schools are a different layout when you come out here because you, you start high school in London in year seven. Yeah. But in when I come out here it's it's separated into three schools. So you start high school in year nine, and then there's a middle school and a lower school. Right. So it was all um, it was all a bit a bit of a, a strange transition, but I did, got there in the end. Did you did you make some friends quickly? Uh, I did, yeah, and it it helped playing football because you sort of like, oh, the new kid plays for Tottenham, and yeah, so yeah. it helps you make friends a little bit. So that must have been, you know, that must have stood you in good stead, really. We've got this new kid now, and he he plays for Tottenham, like you know. I mean, that must yeah, have sort of that, that was it. worth a few brownie points, so, I should think, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly that. So it was a lot easier to make friends. I was always, you know, approach and ask questions and, mm. oh, you play for Tottenham, what's it like playing for Tottenham? And in the school playground, you're making friends easy while you're playing football. Mm. As soon as they see you're good at football, they want to be your friends sort of thing. So it's a bit yeah. easier. Yeah. I can remember because I went through a similar situation and my parents were, were both teachers. But uh, in 1962... They decided to come on holiday to Somerset, and uh, obviously at that age I was I don't know, thirteen, fourteen, whatever. Uh, I had to come with them, and uh, next thing I know we've moved down here. But I remember the very first day I went to school, the new school, like like you went through, and you know you you you're sort of conscious, aren't you? They're all looking at you. Who's he? Who's this new yeah, boy? What's he got to offer? Sort of thing, you know. I remember it so well. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't the best, but. Uh, it, it it soon goes, doesn't it? But you know, it, it, at that time, it's not the yeah. most sort of exciting prospect to have to do. That's for sure. So anyway, no, keep going. We're, so we're we're at this new school in Leighton Buzzard. Then, in fact, let's hold up there for a minute and let's have a little bit of a break for some music. And Danny's first musical choice is "Crazy" by Seal. Face, does a rap in the logo. 
Well, that was Crazy by Seal. Not a bad choice, Danny. I quite like that one. Right, so you're at this new school. So how did things go, generally? Uh, well, like we just spoke about, it was very... I remember my first day, very nerve-wracking. Obviously, you don't know where you're going, you don't know where you are. You're mm. scared to ask people. You think everyone's looking at you. Yeah. Um, but once once I did... Once I settled in, it was... It was easy. I made friends eat quite easily. Mm. I enjoyed the. Uh, it was quite a sporty school. It was. It was known as. Um, it was like a very sporty, sporty school, and it's now actually been turned into a sports college. I think. All right. That yeah. school. So how old were you so at this point it, then, Danny? I was well, year nine. I, I think you're thirteen. I think. Right. Yeah. But I was. I was a very. I weren't just football. I was a bit of an all rounder. I enjoyed all sports. Mm. Um. So I, just, I immediately, obviously, I joined all the sports teams as well. Right. Uh, I, I was all right in school. I weren't, I weren't the best. But I weren't the worst. I wouldn't change anything now. I mean, once no. you leave, you look, you, you do miss it. You miss the school days. Yeah, yeah. While you're there, you, you sort of, you're hating it, aren't you? You can't wait to leave. And, yeah. But they are some of your best days. When you look back at your school days, yeah. you can't beat them. No, that's right. That's right. And, you know, the things you used to get up to. I mean, I remember, how about this one? Before I left London, we, we lived at uh, Ealing and then Acton. And uh, Acton yeah. wasn't, wasn't that far away from um, uh, Old Oak Common uh, railway sheds. And uh, yeah. me and my mates were very much into train spotting at the time. Sad, I know, but nonetheless, we were train spotters. And we used right. to go to Old Oak Common sheds when we were about 13. And it was uh, it was alongside the Grand Union Canal, and there was a wall, like a concrete wall, with barbed wire on the top, um, which stopped you obviously from getting over the fence into the old Oak Common railway sheds. So of course, what everybody yeah. did, they went and dug a hole underneath the concrete rather than going over it. So we all went under right. the concrete, and all of the engines used to have a a, a, a plate. Uh, on the front of it bolted onto the front of the engine about the size of your hand i suppose it would be and it would yeah. um it would have on it so in this case 81a which was the um uh the, the number that related to old oak common chairs so we used to get up onto the front of these engines i mean you imagine it's 13 and the danger when i look at i mean if, if my kids did it i would have gone absolutely ballistic and we got yeah. up on the front of these trays and got these bolts and got a you know spanner and stuff and took the bloody plates off the front of the engines. So you know you, you yeah. see you look back at it, it was good. It was we had some fun and I'm sure you did the same. Yeah, well, not quite that extreme, <laughs> but well. I used to. We, ours was more sort of um, you know the old games of knock knock a dolly or knock down ginger, them sort of things on your on your estate and yeah yeah. Just a, naughty little games but I don't think you see it much nowadays so coming back to your football you know how how were you going at this point you were 13 you'd been there for what yeah. five or six years sort of thing so presumably you were progressing yeah so so what happened was it at Tottenham there were there were three of us uh, me Jake Livermore Terry Dixon so we signed pre-contracts to just sort of say that you're going to sign a pro contract as soon as, like, you turn 17, I think it was. I've still got a contract, contract at home, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of didn't help me in school a little bit because I already knew what I was going to do after school. Yeah. Um, so I, I probably wasn't as good as I should have been in school, like, academically, but 
I already had that that thought in my head that well I, I know what I'm doing I'm going to play for Tottenham sort yeah, of thing I'm signing yeah, a contract yeah. on doing my, my YTS and then after my YTS so I, what you do is the, the players normally get like a two year YTS right and then they get they get a pro contract or you get released. So mine was I get a one year YTS and I skipped the second year YTS and I automatically signed a pro uh, for my second year YTS if that makes sense. Yeah. So I already had like a two year pro um, after my. my so first how old year are you YTS. now? Fifteen, sixteen, something like that. So yeah, you I think you're sixteen when you leave school, aren't you? So you, yeah. you go into your first year when yeah. you sort of turn in seven. So by the time I was. I was. I knew I was tied down at Tottenham until I was at least nineteen. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, I got also got an extra year at Tottenham as well. Right. And then it um, all went downhill when Harry Redknapp came in. Oh right. Harry yeah. Redknapp came in and he sort of had a look around and he said it was basically anyone that was there before him, you know, like the third year pros, uh, mm. second year pros, they. They just he weren't interested. He said, "Look, we're not going to renew renew your contract." Luckily, they tell you sort of around uh, Christmas time, so you've you've got enough time. You've got the six months until your contract's up to look for a new club. Yeah, yeah. That was where where I got the chance to go to Yeovil in March, I think it was. I've got the call to go there. Time for more music now, and this time we've got Sting and Fields of Gold.
garden See the children run As the sun goes down Among the fields of gold You'll remember me When the west wind moves Upon the fields of Bali You can tell the sun In his jealous sky When we walked in fields of gold When we walked in fields of gold of gold there from sting that's to r2 getting my seal of approval danny so this must have been around 2009 then would that sound about right to you that's correct yeah march 2009 yeah i came to you yeah and that's so when we I, first um, bumped into each other yeah yeah i remember getting the call i was at i was at training at spurs it was a, it was a tuesday yeah and uh, we had our first session in the morning, and I came in for lunch, and then I got a call from the agent saying, mm. look, um, I think it was Craig Alcock at the time. Right. He was the right back, and he got a, a bad injury. He was going to miss a couple of months or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, he said, they're looking for a right back. Um, they've, they've inquired about you. Would, would you go down there? I said, um, well, yeah, of course I will. He said, oh, they need you to play tonight. <laughs> I said, tonight? Yeah. I said, I've got nowhere. I didn't drive at the time. I've got nowhere getting down there. I said, let me see what I can do. And it was sort of like now or never. So yeah. if I couldn't go down there, they were going to sign someone else. So my dad, bless him, I had to call my dad up. He came from the other side of uh, London, West London, where he was working. Took the time off work. Picked me up from North London. Drove me down to Yeovil. Yeah. Uh, we were playing Carlisle on a Tuesday night. Right. I got there just in time. Um, signed everything, whatever, and got into the change room and met my teammates and I remember it was it was a doubt whether the game was going to go on because it was absolutely chucking it down yeah and uh so we were waiting around for the referee's decision and anyway ended up the game got postponed right so just all that traveling all that last minute traveling all for nothing round all for nothing yeah yeah so then obviously I'd signed now so I knew I was a yogel player for it was I think I signed for a month initially yeah. initially just for it to cover for Craig Mm. Um, I had to go obviously go back home that Tuesday night then travel back Wednesday morning on the train I remember and I was put up in a hotel and yeah it all started from there so at that particular time you know I know Terry Skiverton was the manager um, and he had some good links with Tottenham for, for, I don't know how he did but he did and of course as yeah. you know we had Andros Townsend we had uh, yeah. John O'Beaker we had Stephen Corker and we had Ryan Mason down. Was it that the same yeah. time when you were there or was that before or afterwards? Yeah, yeah. so we were all in the same youth team and I was actually the very first, I think, uh, Spurs player who got on loan. Right. And then that's when the flows sort of started. The next couple of years, that's when they all started. They had a little link up with Tottenham, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So I remember I, I was the first one um, and I remember going... Because I remember Terry Skipman talking to me about John O'Beaker. They were looking for a striker at the time. Mm. And we actually went back to London. We all travelled down there to Spurs Reserves were playing. And John was playing. Yeah. And uh, we all went to watch him. And that's when it was 
just John and Andros came, I think, three or four weeks after me. Right. So, yeah, me, John and Andros ended up staying there for the, the remainder of that season. Yeah. Um, and then the next year, it was um, Corker and Mason came in. Right? That I signed. Yeah. I got released from Spurs. So obviously, I, I had that, that uh, loan spell with Yeovil. Yeah. Uh, done quite well. I probably, probably played my best football in the loan spell. Right. Um, and then Terry Skibbon sort of offered me a two-year contract. And I remember I was Terry Skibbon's first permanent signing. Right, right. Um, and then it sort of went downhill from there for me, really. Yeah, you got on well with Terry, though, didn't you? Yeah, I got on well with Terry, yeah, to begin with. Yeah. Um, we had our ups and downs. I mean, I didn't help myself. I, I was a bit of a nightmare, looking back now. <laughs> I had the wrong attitude. I was, I was overweight. That's what stopped me. Mm-hmm. So that that after that loan spell, um, during that that time off when I was coming back for the next preseason as a as a signed player, I had a bit of a bad off season. I didn't look after myself. I think my daughter was born that off season. Yeah. So I didn't really have a chance, you know, to to look after myself, be at the gym and all that sort of stuff. And I came back. I remember I came back to yoga and I was a stone overweight. Yeah. And uh, Terry said to me, he said, he's, he's, I'm not going to play until I lose that, that weight. I, you won't be in the squad. Eventually, oh. I did lose it. Um, I think it was the first five or six games. I wasn't even in the matchday squad, which yeah. was fair enough. But, uh, yeah, then, then I got into the team after that. I had a little run in the team. Um, again, didn't look after myself outside of football. Being being a bit of an idiot, to be honest. Um and then I, I wasn't wasn't in the team for the rest of the season. Then came back for my mm. second year. Yeah, had a decent had a decent enough start. I, had a, I remember I had a little run run in the team. We played. Um, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that game we played at home to Charlton? And it was absolutely. It was like ninety mile per hour winds. I remember yes, I do because there was some damage around the place. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that their goal kick was chucking it down as well. Yeah, and the goal, goal the goal kicks they were taking it, but they were coming just straight back at them. Yeah, and some of them actually went out for a corner. Yeah, yeah, I remember That's that. How bad it was. I, do, I do remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, one of my last games. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was around uh, November time, and then yeah, and then I sort of uh, I got released, so I got sacked really, <laughs> to be brutally honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and that was Terry took that decision, obviously, did he? Yeah, it was the whole club. Yeah. It was the whole club. I had, I had uh, three warnings basically. Um, yeah. I was just being, I don't know what was wrong with my attitude. When I look back now, I'm, I'm it's it's disgusting. I've, people say you should never have regrets, but I would change so much. Yeah. I had the ability. Yeah. I had the ability. I never had the attitude and didn't look after myself. Mm. But that's what I can give back now. I, I coach the kids now, and I just I tell them sort of where I made the mistakes. Don't make them. Mm. Mm. Like you don't. I, I almost thought I knew better, better than anyone else, but I didn't. Well, I had no one to sort. Of... Let's face it, mate. We all have these moments in life, don't we? I'm sure. I mean, if I look back on my career, I mean, my parents. Uh, I I failed me eleven plus parents sent me to another school because they wanted me to take some new exam called the 13 plus so they paid yeah. for me to go to this school and uh i wasn't over impressed with the whole situation and i felt that as well so you know we've all got these little dodgy periods in our life i think you'll find yeah i remember as well one of my uh, last training sessions 
I was meant to be it was just before my contract uh, got terminated. I was about to go out on loan to Bradford, who I think we were in League One at the time, and Bradford were in League Two. Yeah, and I remember I was, I was I was so happy to I was getting out of Yeovil, so I was going to yeah. go on loan to Bradford, and also my daughter is in Yorkshire. Right. Bradford was up that well, so it all sort of worked out. And I remember that last training session, I'd done my knee, ended up in hospital <laughs> with uh, Simon Baker, the physio. Yeah, I remember Simon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, that that sort of messed up for me, and then. After that, I just, I don't know what happened, really. My attitude just stunk, to be honest. Well, then, of course, according to Wikipedia, you, you you then sort of drifted from Dunstable Town, where you played 44 times, roughly, uh, yeah. to yeah. Arsley Town, wherever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I fell out of, when I left Yeovil, I left there with an injury. Um, I tried to get back in. I, I was on trial at Mansfield and uh, Woking, it was as well. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. My, there was something wrong with my body. Yeah. I was getting all these injuries and I, I just didn't know what was wrong. So I, eventually I, I fell out and I fell into non-league. Um, started with Dunstable Town, which, because my mum lived in Dunstable at the time, I had to bring back to my mum's. Mm. So Dunstable Town was just around the corner. I just had a call from the manager. Um, asked me I went to play and keep myself fit. And, and I did. I ended up loving it, to be fair. Mm. Um and then yeah, that's I, I just ended up staying in non-league. I was I was comfortable, I was happy. Um, you get paid a bit of money. I had to fight, look for a full-time job as well. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up. I think from Dunstable I went to Alsey, and I snapped my ankle ligaments when I was at Alsey. I was in a cast for three or four months. Um, then was just drifting in and out of like local teams, and then I found a bit of a home at Hayes and Yedin. Right. Uh, my friend was a manager there, so that was all right. I had about a year there, and I just remember thinking, I, I was sort of playing at 60%, 70%, because they weren't in my groin area. Mm. Anyway, cut a long story short, it, I've got arthritis in my hip. Right. So so I had to, basically, the, the doctor said, look, you're going to have to stop. There's no way you can carry on. You're just going to make yourself worse. You're going to end up in a wheelchair, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so now I'm I'm on the list, waiting for a hip replacement. So, had you got married or anything in this time, or what? No, no, no. no I've got a partner now. So yeah. I'm currently in Hitchin now. Yeah. In Hertfordshire. Yeah. Um, no, I've I've never been married. I had my daughter very young. Um, when I was at Yeovil, very young. Um, yeah, and that 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 was it really. More music now, a little bit of country music now from Mr. Kenny Rogers and The Gambler. On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere I met up with The Gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness To boredom overtook us and he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces and Knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle 
And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done Every gambler knows That the secret to surviving Is knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done You got to know when to hold them. When to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done You got to know when to hold Kenny Rogers there and the gambler. So, so having reached this sort of, this pretty desperate time, you know, and, and, you know, if you like the bottom of the barrel, you know, had, had the penny dropped at that point on, 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 you know, how your attitude had to change and, you know, how you, you, you kind of kicked yourself in the foot as it were. Yeah. I, I, listen, I realized very quick what I, what I was missing out on. Um, when I saw when I left football, full time football, and I was falling into non league, and I was seeing, you know, all my friends were still uh, playing professionally, and I was thinking, like, what have I done? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm. Listen, things happen for a reason. It obviously wasn't meant to be. The, the doctor did say to me, this was always going to happen anyway, with my hip. Right. So I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't have had a very long career if I was playing pro. In other words, in other words, the doctor was saying that you know, regardless about your, if you like, your attitude, uh, you you know, even if you had the best attitude in the world, you still would have had these problems with your hips. Yeah, in mm. the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
I, it, it probably happened a bit quicker because I weren't looking after myself. Mm. Um, but it came on a bit quicker. But it still would have happened. Yeah. Whether. Yeah. It's sad you know, though, isn't it, Danny? But, I mean, when you look back on it, what you know, what could have been? All right, as it was, the the, the health issue might well have stymied all that and mucked it up. But you know, you, you were there. You had all the all the potential. You were at a, a top. Yeah. You know, Premier League club in Tottenham, yeah. and uh, you know, mixing with other players, as you say, who've gone on and 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 you know, made a success that occurred. You know, do you do you feel now? Do you do you, do you, do you get angry with yourself because of the way you were? Uh, no, I don't get angry with myself, but I do, I do have some regrets because you don't realise how lucky you are. You know, until it, like until the time's gone. Mm. Um, I was in such a, a fortunate position. Being at Spurs, training at Spurs training ground every every day. You know what I mean, that was my home. And then even like, I played my best football when I came on loan to Yeovil. Right. And I thought I, I, I could I can do this. I, I remember my first game. I was absolutely pooping my pants. It was the first time you sort of played in in front of a crowd. Yeah. First time game sort of you know meant anything because where you're playing in the, the reserve reserves at Spurs and it's all just like easy football like not the, the games don't mean anything there's no like big there's no leagues you're not fighting for points it's, no. it's almost every game's a friendly. yeah but now all of a sudden you're in you're in a game where the fans like want you to win you, you need to win you need three points you're under pressure and you've got to perform yeah and if you don't perform you get judged you know people i, I could have had a really bad debut and people people start talking where have you got this kid from he's crap he's yeah. this he's that yeah but luckily I, I remember that that loan spell was the best football I played. Yeah, I think it played about five games, four games or something like that, and we kept four five clean sheets in a row. Yeah, when I came, we were struggling. We were always every year I was there, we were sort of hovering around relegation. Yeah, so it was always every game meant something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that yeah. was good. I, I used to thrive off it. Once I got past that first few initial games. It was like, yeah, I'll have a bit of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I end up leaving and I get promoted to the championship. <laughs> yeah, well, that's sod's law, isn't it? Well, I, see, <laughs> I see Italy have scored against Switzerland, so anybody listening to this interview will know we recorded it on the same day as Italy played Switzerland. What's uh, the score? It's 1-0 to, uh, to Italy, Locatelli in the 26th minute. So there we go. So um, yeah, where were we? We got off to off topic a little bit. So um, now you you were telling me you're doing a lot of coaching. What what exactly are you doing? Explain it to me. Yeah, so I'm, I started off. What I wanted to do, I, I wanted to stay in football. Yeah. And I was sort of lucky enough to be where was it Spurs? I had uh, I don't know if you know John McDermott is now technical director at England. He's right. the top man at England. Yeah. Alex Ingorp, um, who's now the academy director at yeah, Liverpool. He was at Exeter, wasn't he? Initially. That's it, yeah. 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 I, I always had that they were always just a phone call away and they were always there to help. Yeah. Um so they sort of tried to push me into getting like my coaching badges and do a bit of coaching, but I, I didn't really want to do that. I I preferred the scouting side of things, you know, watching games, analysing games, yeah, um, recruiting players. So I got into that. I tried to get into that. It took me a while. 
Um, I've done a year last year before lockdown. I was scouting for Crystal Palace. Yeah. Just for the kids, trying to get to the kids into the the youth section at Palace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I'm coaching now just locally uh, grassroots. Right. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was coaching, I was assistant manager at a place called Baldock Town. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know where it is, but I've heard of it. Yeah, Baldock Town is Hertfordshire. I took, yeah, I was assistant manager there two years ago. Didn't like it. Didn't like coaching men especially men in non-league I, I couldn't handle it and I, so I thought I'd try going down to the youth section and, and I love the youth section yeah. you get so much out of it you get you can see improvements in players When you, if you actually want to coach and not just manage yeah. I like coaching kids and you, it's so rewarding when you, when you push them on and you see improvements and Presumably nice. though while all this was going on you still had all your contacts that at Tottenham and, and, you know, around yeah. sort of thing. So I suppose that put you in a, a fairly good position if something were to crop up that you thought might have suited you. Yeah, and to be honest, if I went down that road, I probably could be coaching, you know, the youth section of Tottenham now. But right. I just didn't find myself doing it. I don't think I had the confidence to do it. Yeah. Um. Whether, whether I do it now, I probably still wouldn't do it, but... I've, I've I've got a lot of clients. So I can go into Tottenham whenever I want. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll always welcome you in. That's that's how nice the club is. And yeah, like yeah. You, well, if if you've been a player there before, you're always still in touch with people. Yeah. Um, in a club, um, but also in, in other clubs now. Like my my friends just taken over at Barnet. Right. The director of football. Yeah. So it, it could be. I, I I'll be helping him out now, sort of recruiting players and watching games for him and. Harry Kew's gone there, hasn't he? Didn't I imagine That's that? That's it, yeah. Harry, yeah. Harry Q, Dean Brennan. Yeah, yeah. Dean Brennan. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. He's the one who took me to Dunstable right at the beginning. So, you, so you're not entirely sort of cut adrift from football by any means, and, and, and who knows in the future, um, you know, any, any number of possibilities could crop up that you could take then. Yeah, 100%. I, I want to stay in football, but yeah. eventually be full-time again in some sort of role. Um, I, lo I love the idea of scouting, but it's hard to get into. Mm. Um, but I've, I've done all my, all the relevant you know, courses and got my uh, qualifications and, yeah. and what have you. It's just name out and you have to just start from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm doing. I'm slowly working my way up. But it does help having contacts because, you know, you've always got that extra bit of help. Another musical break now, and this time we've got Mr. Ed Sheeran and a track called Photograph. Loving can hurt. Loving can hurt sometimes But it's the only thing that I know When it gets hard You know it can get hard sometimes It is the only thing that makes us feel alive 
photograph. We made these memories for ourselves. Where our eyes are never closing, hearts are never broken, and time's forever frozen still. So you can keep me inside the pocket of your ripped jeans, holding me closer till our eyes meet. You won't. Can heal. Loving can mend your soul, and it's the only thing that I know. No, I swear it will get easier. Remember that with every piece of you, and it's the only. That's when we die.、Mm, keep this love in a photograph. We made these memories for ourselves. Where our eyes are never closing, hearts were never broken, times forever frozen still. So you can keep. So in the meantime, then, what are you doing with yourself now to earn a living? I work for、uh, the sports company called Macron. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, I think Yeovil were Macron a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I'm just a salesman. So I sell like football kits to clubs. All right. Yeah. Basically,、yeah. so I'm still in, in sort of like the sports industry. I、yeah. mean, Macron are, are massive in Italy. If you're probably watching your telly now, you see the referees in Macron. Yeah. Yeah. Very UEFA and、uh, FIFA referees kits or Macron. Loads of clubs in Italy, Macron. We've got a few clubs in England. No one in the Premier League yet. I think the highest we've got is Stoke and Millwall in the Championship. 
So you, you um, do you do you go to a lot of clubs then, and you know as regular sort of calls or to try and persuade them to you know change their kits to Macron? Yeah, but I'm more I do more of the grassroots stuff. Right. So I go into the e clubs. Yeah. So yeah. Any, any sort of like the conference north and south yeah. downwards. Yeah. Yeah. So we look after a lot of Hertfordshire, all the grassroots in Hertfordshire at the moment, but we are we are trying to work our way up. But I mean, that's a full-time job, and you know, you got a car and you yeah. drive around, and and that's it, really. That's your job, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, see, I'm going into football clubs all the time. I'm just, I like to stay in football. I mean, we don't just do football; we do all sports. But yeah, yeah, predominantly, yeah. We're predominantly with football. So, looking looking back now, obviously you've got regrets. It, it you know, we keep coming back to this injury situation, which would have which would have mucked things up at the ultimately anyway, but, but you must look back with regret now and, and, you know, but on the other hand, surely you can turn that into a positive that, you know, you're going to make sure that you don't ever let a, a situation like that develop again. Yeah, hundred percent. And like I said earlier, I'll always, I've, I've been into Tottenham to do talks and things like that. And basically to <laughs> tell people not to, how not to mess up their career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that, I'll, I'll always, that can't be a bad thing. I mean, if you can, you no, know, if you it. if you can save, you know, half a dozen kids from mucking up their potential careers, you've done a good job, haven't you? Yeah, and I was in their position once, and yeah, just from what from my experiences, I can hopefully help them. Um, I, I I I would change a lot from when I was that age, a lot. But you can't go back, and like I said, I live with regrets. But hey ho, yeah. Bit of comfort that this injury would have come either way. And how so does how does the injury time. affect you now? You say you're waiting to be uh, on the list, sort of thing. How how does that affect you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm limping around, sort of thing. I'm not in too much pain. I'm just restricted with my movement. Yeah. Um, I'm they're sort of telling me to hold off because I'm a bit young for a replacement. Right. So I'm I'm 31 now. If I have one now, you'll need another two or three in your working life because mm. I think you need them every 10 or 12 years after your first one yeah so um, they told me to sort of if I can hold off until I'm around 40 years old but if it gets too bad just come in and we'll do it yeah I yeah. reckon I've got another the way I'm going probably another couple of years because it's it's getting to the point where I am I'm not walking I'm limping yeah you know mm. and it's restricting me even with my coaching I don't have to be too active in my coaching but I still like to be you know, I still like to have a little jog and pass the ball and just do the, just do the little thing, but I'm, I'm struggling yeah. to do that now. So. Yeah, yeah. Time for Danny's final musical track, and it's called Zoom, uh, and it's by Fat Larry's band.
before that was Zoom by Fat Larry's band. But this this interview all came about really when you po published a, a photograph on Facebook of you, yeah. and uh, the challenge was, you know, how many people did did various people recognise? And obviously, I took notice of it. And I thought, hello, uh, and yeah. I, I cannot believe. I looked at Stephen Corker in the photo and I thought, is that Stephen Corker? Could be. Now he's in Turkey. Can't be him. Um, yeah. I recognised Andros and obviously I recognised yourself. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't recognise John Obika there for a start, you know. And then I was yeah, looking, well, I was I think... looking, looking for um, Ryan Mason, of course, and he wasn't there either. Yeah, Ryan was uh, unavailable for selection, I think, because of his schedule. But it's something we do, we try and do every year. We were quite a close, close-knit youth team. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the ages vary. So we had quite a few young ones there the other night as well and a few older ones. But we were all quite close. So every year we sort of meet up for a, a five or six or seven a side. And, um, yeah, it was, it was it was tough because I, I can't play anymore. The last one I played was like three years ago. Right. Now I sort of just go, go in goal. Yeah. I'm yeah. just the fact. The fat, kid, the fat kid in goal because I can't move. <laughs> so, I'm sure you're not that fat. I can't believe it. No, I've put on a bit of weight, but no, I, I go in goal and I love it. I, I've no no chance that I'll be able to play on pitch now because even then, like the, the standard of that five or six aside is a joke. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm so lucky I'm in goal because I would not be able to keep up with these. But obviously, a lot of them are still playing. They're still pros. Yeah, well, quite it's, Stephen Corker being one. And Andros, well, yeah, it's, Andros it's, as well. Yeah, Andros, he's just finished with Crystal Palace, John Abika, um obviously Ryan, Ryan wasn't there yesterday, uh, Monday. Um, yeah, Corks is in Turkey. Yeah, so all, all of them players in the pitches are, are still playing with different clubs. Yeah. Where's uh, Andros going then after Crystal Palace? Oh, I'm not too sure, I'm not too sure. I, I know his contract's up at yeah. Palace. Yeah. He's been doing a lot of poetry, hasn't he? I keep seeing him on the telly. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, his, his father's involved with Kick It Out, isn't he? That's it, yeah. I think his dad's Troy Townsend. So. Yes, that's right, yeah. I think he's he's quite a, hit, a big big hitter in that, so uh, that, that's, that's probably why, I guess. Well, look, Danny, that is that is a... <laughs> it's a sad tale, but but equally, as we just said, you know, it, it does give you the... the uh, the momentum, if you like, to say, "Well, I'm, I've made a muck up of this, but I'm going to turn it around now." And albeit yeah. it might come a bit later in life than you might have expected, um, I wish you yeah. all the best, mate. And I, you know, I do hope that things turn around the right way, and you can get on the coach on the uh, scouting, and and who knows where it will lead yeah. to. You. Yeah. No. Listen, I take all the positives out of it. There's a lot of negatives, but I take the positives out of it and just try and try and you know, better my football journey yeah yeah definitely no well I, you know i do appreciate your honesty and i'm sure a lot of people will be very interested in your story and yeah who knows i mean we we, we don't get that many listeners on our radio station but we do get a few and uh yeah. you know the fact that you've got a link to yeovil town uh i mean for example i don't know if you realized it but did you realize that there were eight players in the welsh squad um for the euros that had played for yeovil town Eight, oh, really? Eight players, yeah. which I found was quite staggering, really. Um, Wayne Hennessy, Connor Roberts, yeah. uh, Josh yeah. Sheehan, Tom Lawrence, Simon Church, uh, Kiefer Moore, Kiefer Moore. Um, 
There's oh, uh, Sean McDonald. Uh, oh yeah. I think that's probably it. But I mean, you know, when yeah, you think about it, Yeovil, they've had some good loan players over the years. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you look at some of the goalkeepers we've had, I mean, we had Asmir, oh. Asmir Begovic, we had Wayne Hennessy, yeah. we had... Uh, Alex McCarthy. Yeah, Alex McCarthy, Stephen Henderson. We had some good, yeah. you know, we had some good players at Yeovil. And then certainly they got a, a reputation um, for, you know, being a, a well-run, you know, good club. It's just very sad that it's, it's, it's all sort of ended up, you know, I mean... Yeah, the I've light. always followed them. Sorry, I've always fo- I've always followed them since I've left. Yeah, it's yeah. Sad to see where they are now. But um, hopefully things are, better. Things are around the corner, and uh, things will move on. You know, we've got a new owner now, and and you know, hopefully it'll all change. But uh, yes, it's, it's, it's yeah, hopefully. But listen, thank you ever so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. And as I said, I appreciate your honesty. And best of luck for the future, mate. And make sure you keep in touch with us, and we can we can let people know when you make significant strides in the uh, in the fight back. All right. Yeah. All right. Nice one. Thank good you. Good talking to you, ladies. And you, mate. Good. Good boy. Cheers, mate. See you soon. Thank you. This is Three Valleys Radio. And you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio.